Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Catherine Graham is going to come on in just a minute here, healing the trauma within. And this woman is a powerhouse, got a really special way of doing this. So stay tuned because you don't want to miss this conversation. I'm talking to you specifically right now because you're becoming your greatest possible self. You're here being and becoming, you're growing yourself, and I want to keep supporting you however I can. So number one, stay tuned in to the 12-Hour Marathon. Connect with these epic guests who are transforming the world, bringing so much light, love, and just living in their gifts and their passion and their purpose. It's beautiful. Number two, when you're ready to get your message out on the 12-Hour Marathon, let's talk. I would love to support you if it's a good fit, so let's have a conversation. Just shoot me a message, and I'll tell you how to do that in just a second, and we can see if it's a good fit. Number three, when you're ready to launch your own platform, create your own podcast, and impact the world in an even bigger way, I would love to talk to you. I love helping people launch their podcasts, and it's just it's one of my favorite things to do to brainstorm. How do we make a bigger impact with your message? So you can send me a message on facebook.com forward slash th3burns, Instagram at I am millionaire Chris, and email chris at beergps.com. Thank you so much in advance. Looking forward to talking to you. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. And this week, it's by Christian. Christian Mojaiso. Christian says, great show. The host, Chris, is awesome. He brings high energy to every show and as a result, makes each episode exciting. He brings very knowledgeable guests to talk about business, but... He isn't solely focused on business. He also provides powerful information about how to succeed as a person and become your greatest possible self. I highly recommend this podcast. Thank you so much, Christian. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you taking the time to give us a review, and that's why you get shouted out on the 12-Hour Marathon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And for you out there listening, when you're ready to get shouted out on the 12-Hour Marathon, and for me to just say thank you so much, whether your name is Jesse or Josh or Caitlin or Roger or whoever, I want to support you. I want to shout you out and just acknowledge you for being a great human being. So give us a review on iTunes. Definitely subscribe so you can get all the latest updates. We release a new episode just about every day on the podcast and YouTube. So go check that out. And you can find us by just searching Greatest Possible Self on the Apple Podcast Store or on the internet. And you'll find us in your favorite uh, platform and distribution channel. Thanks so much. Now, I'm going to introduce Catherine in just a second here. Before that, though, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because it's going to be a powerful interview. I feel it. I can feel the Ohana energy coming through. So let's introduce Catherine. Make sure you stay all the way through till the end because one idea has the power to change the rest of your life. Catherine Graham is an intuitive healer and psychic medium. She has been working within the realm of energy healing and spiritually based readings since 2009. In 2012, Catherine discovered traumas hidden within her family pattern and chose at that point to focus her time on understanding trauma within the family systems. system. Since then, she has created Ohana Generational 
healing, a hands-on energy modality that discovers and focuses on healing the memories attached to the cellular body to help clients heal the traumatic experiences interwoven in their family line. Catherine devotes her time to teaching others the power they hold within themselves to heal what their experiences have been and what their family's experience has been. She works one-on-one with clients around the globe and teaches the Ohana Generational Healing Method in Ontario, Canada. And we are going to get some Ohana on in this conversation. Catherine, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? Yes. Yes. We are now live on Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. Thank you for being here. And just who you are for the world is, is a brilliant, bright, beautiful light. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So let's dive right into the theme of today, which is the power of repetition. Catherine, what does that mean for you? How has it impacted your life? Uh, I would say for myself, the power of repetition is about showing up for yourself every single day, committing to yourself and creating that repetition in your own life that when you're starting off with a goal or a vision of what it is that you're wanting to create, that every day you're repeating these same things over and over and over Mm. to get to that end goal inside. A lot of us will start off in a race and we get halfway through the race and we get tuckered out and we stop the race. But the repetition is really continuing that running throughout the entire race until you get to that goal line. I love it. Like keep showing up for yourself. You get to keep loving yourself, right? The Ohana, like that's when I think of Ohana, I think of love. I think of like really that, that welcoming, loving, joyful, positive, empowering energy. And I'm sure we'll dive into that. And maybe you have a thing, few distinctions that I don't know of yet. I'm sure you do many. Um, So I really appreciate that. And I appreciate encouraging our audience to, to keep showing up because that's, that's really the thing that gets us to where we want to go in, in life. Like if we allow things to uh, defeat us or knock us down and, and, you know, take us away from living our purpose, uh, then it's not a, not a fulfilling life. So I know that you're healing people, you're empowering people. Tell us a little bit more about how you serve your clients today, Catherine. So I work one-on-one with clients doing the Ohana generational healing as well as readings and stuff. But my true passion is the Ohana generational healing. And what that looks like is uh, when the clients come in, we talk about what their experience has been, what their family's experience has been. And then we go into the session. And quite often when I'm asking them the questions about what the experience has been, it is actually showing me exactly what those patterns are and why the clients are feeling stuck in certain areas of their life. I was just listening to Will and he was talking about, you know, these old stories and with our ego, it tries to keep us safe. And it's because these stories are implemented in us when we're younger. And a lot of times we don't even realize that it's a story that started, or even if it's from our family's experiences that they've had before we were even alive, that that story can actually come through with us. Mm. And then we start to react to the same situations as though it's actually a part of who we are. I had one client who she had come in and she was a doer. So, you know, those people, and I've been one of those people myself where you have to constantly go, 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 go. And you don't Mm. give yourself the time to rest. And I had said to her, well, what would happen if you allowed yourself to rest? And she said, I think I'd die. And I was like, that's a really powerful statement, you know? And So when we started to go through the questionnaire, it came up that one of, well, sorry, both of her grandparents on her father's side had been a part of the 
World War II. They were Holocaust victims mm-hmm. and they were kept in a concentration camp. And her grandfather was able to keep himself and her grandmother alive because he was a handyman. So he would fix the doors and he would do this other stuff around the camps that would allow them to stay alive. So when she's telling me I have to do, 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 even though I'm exhausted, I went, this is your grandfather's story. This is not your story. And he literally had to do, do, do in order to stay alive, but it's no longer what your story is. And just hearing that herself, it allowed her to let go of generations of what this memory was for her. So it's really powerful stuff when we can allow ourselves to see what the patterns are and see what it is that we've been holding on to that wasn't ours in the first place. Wow. Wow. And the the most impactful, revolutionary, epic thing about this, positive or otherwise, is that most people don't even know that they're carrying stuff from previous generations. Like how can we how can we measure that? We can't, right? Or or like in in the traditional 3D realm, like we can't measure that. Or maybe we can, I don't know, but most people don't know how to measure it or aren't aware, aren't conscious of the fact of how to or how to even know if that's influencing them. So I really appreciate this conversation, Catherine, because I know we're going to be diving into this to really equip our audience with distinctions and what they can do to be able to uh, break through this and heal from this. Before we start going there though, I want to go back into your journey and talk about how did you become a psychic, a healer, the Ohana generational healing method, like creating all this is beautiful. Let's go back and talk, tell us like where it all began for you. Okay. So I really started to step into spirituality and understanding the differences with energies and uh, healing and all of that when I went through my own divorce and Mm. it was going through my own divorce that I was really looking to heal myself because it just felt like I had all of this crap from all of these years of just trucking forward. Um, And so I started to look at myself and I started off as a life coach, actually. That was what the main vision was. Um, And from there, it progressed into energy healing. And from the energy healing, I went into the psychic work and realized that I had had gifts all along, but hadn't even realized that I had had gifts all along, that it's not normal for you to see something happen before it happens. Mm. Um, and then with the Ohana generational healing, uh, we have a history of sexual abuse in our family. And so there's four generations that I'm aware of that have had sexual abuse. Mm. And so when it happened again, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this has got to stop. And I went to a counselor because it brought up my own uh, traumas from sexual abuse. And I said to her, it's like, there's a curse on our family. Like we just can't seem to break free of this. And she basically told me what I was saying was hogwash and that I really had to just focus on healing myself and not focus on healing the family or anything like that. And I understood what she was saying, but to me, there was something deeper that was actually happening within the family because you think that you're healing things, Mm. but when they keep showing up, you're going, okay, so we're not obviously healing whatever it is that needs to be healed here. So I have a question for you, Catherine. What, what, in your opinion, what do you think is the reason why you attracted um, that that kind of response for her? What was the gift? What was the opportunity in hearing that and getting that at that moment? Because I needed someone to tell me that I was wrong so that I would mm-hmm. dig deeper. If I hadn't, if she had gone, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a curse in the family. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, yep. And my ego would have been stroked. I would have been like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. But because she told me I was wrong, then I was like, no. 
I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Now I need to seek out what that deeper message is, which actually led me into the Ohana generational healing. So it was perfect. It was the perfect gift for her to give me. Mm. So if someone out there is, is experiencing resistance, what do you think you, you would impart to them? What's the wisdom uh, based on what you got confronted with, so to speak, to question what was, what was your truth and, and to dig deeper? If someone's experiencing resistance, there's probably a lot of different reasons why, uh, but what would you recommend to, to someone who's experiencing something similar? I would just suggest listen to your heart. Your heart mm. knows so much more than anybody could ever be trained in. Like your heart, when it shows up for you and you're actually listening to that direction, mm. it is it is the wisest thing. It's better than Google. It's better than any book that you could ever read because it's for you. Yeah, so good. So good. Okay, so you started going deeper. At what point did you uncover the Ohana generational healing? So I... <laughs> The universe always works in awesome ways. I got lost on the way home from uh, one city that I live close to, to another city, which really I've driven it a hundred thousand times. I shouldn't have gotten lost, but I was in my own little world, took a wrong turn, ended up in front of a chapters, which is a large bookstore in Canada. And I was like, well, maybe I need to go in there. And so I went in and right on the front table was a book called It Didn't Start With You by Mark Wallen. Mm -hmm. And he is a psychotherapist that looks at intergenerational traumas and how that's passed down. And so I took it home and I don't know if I spent more time reading it, highlighting it or shouting at my husband, like, listen to this, listen to this. (laughs) It resonated with me on this really deep level. And as I was reading it, I was also receiving messages from my guides that I should try this in a healing and I should try this Mm -hmm. in a healing. I've done energy work for about 12 years now. And so I've got a lot of knowledge behind me, but what they were giving me was different than anything that I've been doing in the energy work. And about three weeks later, I had a client message me and she was in a really hard spot Mm. and she wanted just an inspirational quote or something to help her push through this hard spot. And I said, you know, I've got this thing that's kind of happening in my mind right now. And if you're willing to be my test dummy, I would love to be able to gift it to you and we'll just see what happens. And so she came in and she received the very first Ohana generational healing treatment. Mm. And it was very life-changing for her, also life-changing for myself because it really helped me to trust what it was that they were giving to me to be able to work with clients at this level. Wow. So incredible. This This is gold. So you discovered it. I'm sure it evolved from that point. How did it evolve? How did you evolve um, being able to use it and and serve people and gift it to the to the clients that you work with? So yeah, it, it, from the very first session to what it is now, it's totally evolved. Because yeah. <laughs> the first session was really just that first information. And then after I had worked on her, I started inviting other people in to come and give this thing a try. Mm-hmm. And as I was working with clients, I was downloading more information as to what could be healed, what could be brought up. Um, and so that became a part of the method as well. And allowing really seeing the clients for who they are. There's a really deep questionnaire that's asked beforehand and it brings up a lot of harder questions. It's kind of that heavier energy of what the experience has been because a lot of people don't talk about trauma. A lot of people don't talk about what that tougher stuff is. And sometimes one of the biggest steps in healing is just being able to go, you know, this experience happened. happened. Yeah. 
And for someone to not judge them on it and someone to not say, well, that's horrible that that happened because that actually allows you to hold on to that story even more. But where you're just holding that space for the person to express themselves and you're hearing them and you're validating what their experience has been, but then also empowering them at the same time to go and we can change that. Mm. That just because the experience happened doesn't mean that this has to be exactly what the experience is for the rest of your life. Right. Right. So it's really allowing people to be seen, to be to be heard in, in their rawest moments and not feel like there's something wrong with them. They're any less than others who haven't gone through that situation to keep reminding them that they're still loved, that they're still worthy, that they still, you know, deserve to live a great life to be their greatest possible self. And a lot of people have disconnected from that. They've made up stories that say, no, I don't I don't deserve whatever because of whatever happened to me. So you really allow them to be free of of that trauma and, the, and that that pain. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. So, can you take us through like some of the the ways that we can start freeing uh, ourselves from past traumas? Or do you, did you want to educate our audience a little bit more on like the genera- ge- generational stuff that we might be carrying with us and how we can know if that's happening? So, yeah, we can do both actually. Okay. <laughs> um, so. To identify whether or not it's yours or whether it belongs to someone else in your family, a lot of times our experience traumas, we can go, well, that's mine because I experienced it. Mm. But if you start to look at the family line and you go, well, they experienced it and they experienced it and they experienced it as well, Mm. chances are it's not your own. Um, One thing for myself that I had as a fear for the longest time, and it was the silliest fear, but I really hated to make left-hand turns. I always thought I was going to get hit and die by making a left-hand turn. And it wasn't until about a year and a half after doing the Ohana Generational Healings on other clients and starting to teach people that I went to make a left-hand turn, panicked, and then I went, and whose story is this? Mm. My grandfather was T-boned by a dump truck when he made a left-hand turn, and his brother was also T-boned by a dump truck when he made, well, he was going straight, but he was hit when he was on a motorcycle and T-boned by a dump truck. So. It wasn't until about a month after that that I had learned about my grandfather's brother. But as soon as I realized this is my grandfather's story, it's not mine, I was able to allow myself to let it go. Hmm. So sometimes just asking yourself, has this actually happened to anyone else in the family? Is this a legitimate fear of something that I've actually experienced? Hmm. Or is there someone else in the family who has also experienced this? Another example of that is I was always afraid of fire when I was a child Hmm. um, to the point where I had uh, sheets tied together in my closet so that I could throw the sheets out the window and escape a fire. Yeah. It was an incredible fear of mine and it dissipated when I hit my teenage years. However, since doing the Ohana generational healing, I've done a lot of family research and stuff to understand who my family and my ancestors are. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather's mother, um, her own mother was actually killed in a house fire when she was only 18 months old. So now I realized that the fear was most likely connected to the great grandmother, but also the grandmother who experienced losing her mother when she was only 18 months old. So I love that question. Has this happened to someone in my family before? You know, I think a lot of people 
a lot of people want to be wealthy and abundant today and create prosperity in their lives. And simply asking, has, has there been a pattern of scarcity, of lack, of limitation, um, you know, like fear of, of being judged in the last interview with Will? Like, you know, if, if you had 100,000 100, extra dollars in your bank account just sitting there and you didn't know what to do with it, like, how would you feel? How would your neighbors think about you? How would your family feel about you? I was like, holy crap, that is a powerful question, you know? But just yeah. to ask, like, what has this happened in my family before? And that's what a what a powerful um, awareness question. It's really great. It's really mm-hmm. great. Because as soon as you are able to see where else it's happening in the family, then you can go. So it doesn't have to be just mine to hold. Mm. A lot of us, especially healers and energy workers and stuff, we have. Will was talking about it as well, the saver syndrome, yeah. you know. And so we'll take on this stuff that belongs to other people in our family. When it comes to scarcity, we can go two generations back and that's the great depression. Yeah. Wow. How many people experienced such scarcity and such a fear of even having money because people with money have been judged for so long as well. People with money are still being judged these days. So what was your family's experience with money? What was your family's experience with the Great Depression or going through wars or if they immigrated to America or Canada? What was that experience for them? A lot of times we're driven in and I know it was driven into my head when I was a child as well that you have to work hard. Mm. You know, you have to work hard, 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 hard in order to get ahead. But a lot of people who work their asses off aren't getting ahead. You know, so there's a different story that needs to actually emerge from all of us in order for us to tap into the abundance that's ultimately ours anyways. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it. I want to dive into more of um, what specifically are the characteristics of the Ohana generational healing method? Like, tell us a little bit more about like what it is and how it all works. And if you can tell us like what the process is like working with a client. So... When a client comes to me, and we can do it distantly or we can do it in person. So when they come to me, we start off with a questionnaire. And the questionnaire has questions like, what do you think your biggest blocks are in life? Mm -hmm. And then we go through a whole list of traumas, which includes divorce, affairs, addictions, different types of abuse, extreme traumas, war, losing a child, losing a spouse, losing a parent. Um, There's about... 40 different questions on there of different types of trauma a person can experience. And then we ask the client to describe their mother, to describe their father, anything that they're blaming either one of their parents for. Mm -hmm. um, And then as well as describing their spouse, describing anything that they blame their spouse for and anything that they themselves are blaming themselves for. And then also looking at fears that they're holding on to or irrational fears that they might have like mine with the left-hand turn. Mm -hmm. Um, And the point of the question with, Uh, describing the parents is to understand what that relationship is like with parents. A lot of times for people, there'll actually be a disconnect with one parent or both parents. And when that happens, the life force energy of a client can actually be declined because you need that life force connection with both of your parents in order to feel completely full. And as Will was saying before about receiving, Mm. we receive our life force energy from our parents. And if that bond has been broken, whether that's during our womb stage, or if it's after we've been born, even up to five years after we've been born, if that becomes a disconnect, it can actually create a harder way for people to be able to receive in life, whether that's love or money or career abundance, anything like that. How would someone know if they were disconnected from the mom or the dad? So there's a few different things that can happen. Um, 
an obvious disconnect would be if your father, say, left while your mother was pregnant with you. That's an mm -hmm. obvious disconnect. There can also be other disconnects where the mother doesn't realize that she's disconnected with the child. So if a child's in, say, NICU, okay, and the mother's not able to touch the child because the child's in NICU, that can create a separation between the mother and child, even though that was never the mother's intention. Mm -hmm. It's something completely out of her control. But you can also heal that connection with the child after the child comes out of the NICU where you're creating that bond with them again. This is why when you have a child, they say it's so important to have that skin to skin is because yeah. that first contact is helping the child to feel that life force energy and to fill up with that life force energy. Mm -hmm. So th those are some very basic, um, very real connects and disconnects that we can have. There's also other ones where a child can become so connected with one parent that they disconnect with another one. And this is something that we see a lot of people uh, experience because well, for girls will date a man who's just like our father yeah. okay and a lot of times it's because we've connected so much with our mom's story and we feel guilt for what mom's story is that we think we need to live it out by dating a man who's just like our father so we can understand our mother better okay and so when that happens then we start the same pattern all over again by dating a man who's just like our father and he might be for some women it's an alcoholic that dad was an alcoholic, so now she's married an alcoholic, so she can understand it from this new level. It's also this traumatic pattern that she's holding on to with dad, that she's still looking for the love of a man who has an addiction to alcohol. Um, another disconnect can be when we actually connect up, and I've done this with my own grandfather, where I connect up with my grandfather and I start to take on his traumas because he hasn't been able to heal them. And so if our ancestors are unable to heal what their experiences have been, then it needs to keep going through the family line until someone's able to heal it. When we look at the scientific measure of things, we've got our gene, which is, we'll say it's a circle. And then on the outside, we've got the epigenome. And the epigenome is what tells the gene how it needs to react. So if the epigenome is being said, you know, in order for us to deal with trauma, we need to turn to alcohol that's the best way for us to be, then that epigenome is turned on. So you can, I could be a non-alcoholic mm. and give birth to a child who's an alcoholic all because I have this gene on the outside that's already turned on saying this is the safest way to be. And so it's so important that we're able to see what these patterns are mm. and to see what genes might actually be turned on in us already that make it more apt for us to fall into these same patterns. So what could the mom do if she knew that there was the gene of, uh, yeah, the gene of alcoholism, so to speak, and, and that was passed on to their, her, her kid, her child. So <laughs> there's a few different things you can do as as an energy healer, I say work on it from the energetic level because okay. we're working with the cellular memory of what people have experienced, mm -hmm. okay? So the only way that that gene can be turned off is by working with it on this energetic level. Some people will use talk therapy, which mm -hmm. is an awesome, awesome thing oh, for yeah. people mm -hmm. who have experienced trauma, um, which can also render that gene silent. So question, okay. would, that, would that be as simple as having a dialogue with a gene or a tendency within ourselves. So saying like, Hey, you know, gene of, of Chris that has a tendency for, for addiction uh, with drugs and alcohol, so to speak. Um, you know, I love you. 
Uh, thank you for serving me. Thank you for trying to protect me. Thank you for being a mechanism that, you know, provided for my survival up until this point. I love you and I, I release you. I no longer require you and I choose to uh, be like conscious in my in my willpower and my um, processing of emotions and stress and anxiety and things like that. Is that something along the lines of how you do it? Absolutely. You can do anytime we love something within ourselves that we've been in resistance to it actually it starts to calm down within yeah. us yeah. so that's an awesome way to do it mm-hmm. um in the ohana generational healing we'll actually go back 15 generations to whatever has started what this experience has been and sometimes we don't need to know mm-hmm. because for a lot of us we look at say our parents our grandparents and that's all we know in the family line mm-hmm. but it could have started way back in time and we have no idea about it. And so if it's been handed down, handed down, handed down, then it's about going back to that point in time and directing the energy to that time where it can become love and it can become safety. Because really, when we look at any traumas, what is lacking in that experience is love and safety. And we need people to feel loved. We need people to feel safe. And just as you were saying about talking to that gene and saying, you know, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for protecting what my family's experience has been. But now we don't need you. And it's totally safe. Gold. So also, Catherine, uh, do you use your psychic abilities, your gifts to detect where that trauma is in the in the generational lineage? Or what's what's the way how you go back to a certain point, so to speak, if the person doesn't have a conscious recollection of where and when it might may have started? So it it is intuitive work. It is psychic work. Mm -hmm. So when we're working on a client, um, we're using our hands-on and you can actually feel the energy through the hands-on modality where it's getting heavy, where it's feeling Mm -hmm. stuck, where it starts to hurt your hands. For myself, I get different visions of stuff that's either it's absolutely happening Mm -hmm. or it's something that may have happened metaphorically. Um, one time while I was working on a client, we were working on the emotional trauma section of the healing session. And I felt a man come up from behind me and slice my throat. Mm. And then at that point in time, she started to cough and she was able to release whatever this was. And we were able to heal it on this energetic level. So that's what my experience has been. And I've trained people who also are experiencing very similar things when they're doing it, that we don't necessarily need to know what the story was mm. that we can still release it. And as we're going through the session, we're working with the first generation, which would be the youngest generation that's here on earth now for your family line. And then we go to the second generation, the third generation, the fourth generation, all the way up to the 15th generation. And you can start to see what generations continue to come up on the different hand positions to see what generation the person is most connected to and what it is that they're holding on to the most that needs to be released. Wow. Well, it's incredible. So I know you mentioned it's, it's hands-on work. Uh, do people fly out to, to get this? Are you also able to do remote work or is it like all hands-on? So it's both. Um, I, I haven't had anyone fly to me yet. Um, I do work with a woman in New York City and we work remotely. So what we'll do in a remote session is we talk on the phone beforehand and she has multiple sessions. So um, we usually have like a 10 minute discussion beforehand. What are we focusing on today? What is the emotion that's coming up? And then at that point, after I get off the phone with her, I have a diagram of a human body 
And I just sit there with the sheet of paper and focus on sending the energy to her in New York City while I'm sitting in Ontario, Canada. And we're still working on those same points that I would be working with on a person that's in person. Wow. wow. Is there is there a different experience that you have in person versus um, remote? No, because it's all just energy. Yeah. So awesome. it, yeah, you can feel the person even when they're not in the room with you, which that's is cool. Super cool. That's awesome. So really, it's it's just being aware, educating the person on how to be aware of where is the energy stuck? Where are we feeling it today? What do we want to work on today, quote unquote? And then like your your role as the healer is to feel into that energy and kind of be a, a channel for the person to to release and you might get images, you might just like feel things, you might just, you know, hold space for them to share what's going on. Uh, but there's different processes of how to transmute that energy from stuck energy into love. Yes. Yes. It's cool. It's super cool. Super cool. Awesome. So um, in terms of the, the healing method and uh, the, the Ohana like philosophy and energy. Is there anything you wanted to share with our audience about why, why that was a key aspect for you to like really, um, the, the Ohana Hawaiian, uh, energy, right? Like, cause Ohana is from Hawaii. So how did, yeah. I, I don't know if you mentioned that already, but how did that become a part of the healing method? Um, so when I first started, I was just calling it generational healing. Yeah. And I was like, it just doesn't feel like this is, it, it, it's not in capturing everything that it needs to be. Yeah. And I was watching Lilo and Stitch actually yes. with my kids. <laughs> and then, you know, that line, Ohana means family and family sticks together. And I was like, Ohana, oh my goodness, it's Ohana. And so I started calling it Ohana generational healing. And I did more research on the word. And it actually means we encompass everybody. It's wow. all love for mm. everybody. So even when we talk about ancestral trauma, we can also look at community trauma as well. So there's just the shootings down in the States, yeah. you know, and everybody experienced that, even though they might not have all been there, but everyone feels that fear and everybody feels that anger and uh, the sadness and the frustration and the grief and everything. So we all get this impacted into our cellular memories. And so it really is about community and allowing ourselves to heal on all of these levels rather than just who we are right now that we need to heal as a community. Mm. What would you say the role of um, like moving into a compelling future, a vision for the future, a vision of what the greatest one's greatest possible self is? Um, how does that play into your role or into your work? Does it, would you say that's a part of it or is it mainly just saying, okay, let's, let's figure out what's the stuck energy so you can go be free to do whatever it is that you want to do. I believe that when we're trying to step into our greatest possible selves, and really we're all just our greatest possible selves right now in this moment until the next moment, yeah. right? Um, and when we are stepping into this greatest possible self and we're able to go, so I know that there's a stuck energy here mm -hmm. and I know I need to release it then release it and step more so into your greatest possible self because they really are just these old stories that they are limitations that stop us from stepping into that greatest possible self. Is it possible to do it without it? Absolutely. Hmm. There's so many different roads to healing that any of us can take. And it's really about finding that one that resonates for you that allows you to step into what your fullest capacity is in any moment. Hmm. 
Beautiful, beautiful, Catherine. I, I haven't mentioned it too much yet, or I don't think at all during this interview, but I know you're an author. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the work that you've put together and how you're using it to impact the world in a bigger way? Uh, yeah. Um, so I wrote a book. Well, I've, I've written a few books, but my favorite one so far is called The Naked Soul. And it's about allowing yourself to just be vulnerable and to be out there in the world just as you are without any apologies without you know shying away from things as will was saying earlier when he was talking about you know sometimes we stop ourselves from really being seen or whatever mm. it's about allowing yourself to be seen as you are without any of the masks mm. that's beautiful so the the naked soul and people can find that you said that's your favorite one uh, they can find that on amazon or their favorite you know online bookstore and then um what what kind of things do you educate people on is it like stories is it your journey is it more science is it like practical exercises on how they can be vulnerable uh without apologies or what do you get into in the book so in the book it's my own experiences as well as my clients experiences about stepping into that vulnerability with the inspiration so kind of like a marianne williamson where she's very inspiring in what she's talking about um it's the same way it's really whatever is just flown through me from them mm. Mm. beautiful i want to talk more about the science of the the cells and how the cells like have memory um can can we dive into that what what you think our audience yeah. might need to know about that so there's a couple of different experiments that have been done. And it, it really excites me because when spirituality and science actually mix together, I'm yes. like, this is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> so a study that was done on a mouse and she was pregnant and they gave her the scent of cherry blossom and then they gave her an electric shock. And when her babies were born, they would present them with the scent of the cherry blossom and they all reacted as though they had just been shocked. They carried it forward for eight generations and every generation no matter how small that scent got they all still did that exact same reaction mm -hmm. so that to me is just thrilling because it goes to show that it can just be the smallest thing and we still have that memory that comes up which tells me that we can also actually heal it there's a great quote out there that says if trauma can be passed down through the family line that means healing can be passed on as well mm -hmm. and so it's a beautiful beautiful thing that we can all tap into and I I think it's important, too, that we talk about the gifts that our ancestors give us as well, because I keep talking about the trauma, but our ancestors, there's so many gifts that they've handed us as well. And for myself, I have a lot of ancestors who are into spirituality, who built their own churches, who led churches and everything else. That's a huge gift for me in the work that I'm doing. Right. At the same time, I had a lot of ancestors who were doing business mm. and they would do these business deals and create their own businesses and whatnot. And so, again, that's another great gift for me because I'm running a business. So I think it's just as important when we're looking at the patterns that we also begin to look at what are the gifts that everyone's been tapping into as well, because it's something that's coming more naturally for you, especially for people who are looking for what their purpose is. When you talk about becoming your greatest possible self, there's some people who are going, I have no idea even what that means. Mm. I have no idea what my gifts are. Look back behind you. What have people done in the past? And what out of that is actually inspiring for you? Yeah. To go back to the science stuff, because it thrills me, um, there was another experiment that was done, and they had participants with a DNA swab that they took out of their mouth, and then they watched the DNA as the people were in a separate room. They watched how the DNA shifted as they watched different emotional clips. So there was clips on killing, there was clips on people mm. dying, there was 
clips on emotional like love scenes and whatnot. And the DNA was able to change and they were able to watch it changing based on what the emotions were that were the people were experiencing. And so they moved the DNA farther away from the participants and they kept doing this and it didn't matter how far away they got, DNA just continued to change. And so when we look at something like that, I can be here and my mom can be in another city and yet we can be experiencing the exact same emotion because our DNA is still actually attached to each other, which is cool. Dang, that's awesome. So like I I was thinking, well, uh, like ourselves, right? Our DNA is is connected. So even if like um because it's when I when you said it, I was like, okay, so me, I I can feel myself even if, you know, my DNA is somewhere else, so to speak. But through parents, right? Like cuz we share a DNA genetic bond, some kind of energetic cellular memory connection, right? Energetic connection and things that my parents feel, I can feel and vice vice versa to some to some degree. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. And then we can look at cousins. We can look at aunts, uncles, everybody. Wow. Wow. How do you think that that relates to uh, humanity as a whole and the cellular memory of the entire planet and and people on the planet? That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, Really, a lot of us are feeling a lot of things a lot of times. And I think sometimes we're holding on to things that aren't ours. We look at uh, even the mental health crisis that's happening right now in North America mm-hmm. and how many people are experiencing these mental health crises because of everything that they're feeling, whether it's their parents or whether it's their neighbors or mm-hmm. someone on the other side of the world that they're just picking up on that emotion and stuff and really becoming aware of what you yourself are actually feeling. So many of us are running around in our heads and just connecting with your heart and really listening to what is it that your heart is feeling. And to remember as well, that no matter what our feelings are, that they're not actually who we are. Mm. We are the space that holds the feeling. We are not the feeling itself. Mm. Gold, gold, Catherine. Uh, I know you mentioned earlier about gifts from our ancestors. Um, Mm -hmm. If someone does not know much about their ancestors how can they tap into the gifts that their ancestors may have given them i in the classes that i teach we will look at the gifts and stuff and what we start to do is to just look at what are the gifts that you yourself have in this moment what are the gifts that you know your parents have that your sisters have that your cousins have whoever the family is that you actually are aware of Mm -hmm. and at that point then I say, and ask the universe, if that's all you know, ask the universe to help you see what your gifts are. Because I do believe in signs from the universe. I do believe in this divine intervention or this divine alignment that if you're needing to know that, you know, maybe music was a big thing, then after you leave the class, you're going to see an advertisement for a music class and you might get invited to a concert that night. And you, Do you know what I mean? Like all of these signs will start to come forward. For myself, when I first started working with Ohana Generational Healing, I had um, a basic knowledge as to who my dad's parents were, who my mom's parents were, mm. what their siblings were about and everything else. 
And it was about a year and a half after working with Ohana Generational Healing that my aunt actually told me about all of these books that my grandfather's family had written. So there's like so many writers on my grandfather's family mm. and they've written down the stories of my ancestors and what their gifts are and what their experiences are, which is really just another gift for me with the Ohana Generational Healing. But it allowed me to see that what is coming out of me naturally mm. was also so very much connected to everything that they were and what their experiences were. Mm. And so I do believe that our ancestors, once you're tapping into, I want to know more and I want to bring this healing and I want to bring in this connection mm. with my ancestors, they will find a way to bring that information for you. That's gold. That's gold. And, and specifically, Catherine, what I'm hearing is simply making the decision and then consistently revisiting that and remembering the decision of I want to be more connected with my ancestors I want to be more connected with my gifts and also not just the gifts but also what are the things that have been blocking me what are the the pains the traumas as well like universe god source creator show me the the things that are serving me and you know helping me to accelerate the gifts the the beautiful things as well as the pains and the traumas illuminate those for me so i can heal them and move through them to be able to share my light and my love with the world in a much bigger effective you know greater way yes yeah it's gold gold i love it this is this is so cool um what is your vision? What's your vision with Ohana Generational Healing? Like where, where are you most excited to be taking it and uh, how, how are you most excited to be sharing it with the world? You know the song, I want to teach the world to sing? Yep. That song? Yeah. That's kind of my vision for Ohana Generational Healing mm. is to get the world to sing again while releasing what all of the traumas are. Uh, right now, we've got 81 practitioners in Ontario, Canada wow. that are working with the Ohana Generational Healing. And then we've got 15 that are like a level two, which means they can send the information distantly and do those mm -hmm. remote healings. Mm -hmm. And this weekend I'll be doing the first teacher's course, which means there's going to be more teachers than just me out there. Yes. And ideally I want it to be recognized as the same as what Reiki is, where people understand what mm -hmm. Reiki is, or people understand what access consciousness is. Mm -hmm. um, because the entire world, I believe, needs healing. And to give everyone in the world an opportunity to be able to release, whether it's their own traumas or whether it's a trauma that's connected to their families, to just release that and that heaviness that that trauma can bring for people. Wow, that's beautiful. And you mentioned Reiki there. There's different healing modalities in the world. What would you say is it that um, makes yours unique or that you really appreciate or love about the Ohana generational healing um, method, methodology? So I like it because I created it. I yep. will allow my ego to Amen. say that right Excuse me. Uh, with Reiki, it, it's a very gentle process. I love Reiki, but it's very gentle. With the Ohana, it goes a lot deeper mm -hmm. because we're working with up to 15 generations at a time. It goes a lot deeper. And the energy that I feel when I'm doing it feels a lot bigger than the energy that I feel when I'm doing Reiki or Access or IET, any of the other ones. It's, it's different for me. Um, what I've heard from the practitioners that I've trained as well is that it's like I've amped up their superpowers is what they've told me uh, because it's going at this deeper level and helping people to connect with stuff that they can, that they can, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say there. It, it, it's helping the clients to really tap into something 
that they can have control over, that they can understand at this deeper level and the emotional releases that they experience from it as well as either they're talking about their traumas or they're talking or afterwards when they're going, I just feel so light. I just feel like this boulder was taken off of my shoulder. I felt this energy come off of my chest that I hadn't even realized was there until it was gone. So it's powerful. And Catherine, you're at the point where you're uh, teaching and certifying other people to to share this gift in the world. And I'm, I'm curious what what has changed from when you first discovered the technique and were really mastering it to this phase now, where you're teaching and certifying uh, teachers to go out and and share it with even more people. I would say I'm more excited about it even now yeah. than what I was at the very beginning. So at the very beginning, I didn't really know what is this going to be, you know? At this point, when I've got practitioners that are messaging me going, oh, my God, I just had the most amazing session, and this is what happened in the session, and you're having people message you to go, like, you saved my life. Mm. I was suicidal, and now I don't want to commit suicide. Now I want to get trained, and I want to help heal the world and everything else. It, it makes you so much more excited because you're like, I'm aligned with this. And the vision of what Ohana was back in the day it was just about kind of healing my own family, really. Yeah. And now it's like, okay, so this is working on my family. And now it's working on other people's families as well. Mm. It can heal the world. So. so good. So good. Who would be a great person to um, find out more? Who would be a person who, who should learn more about the Ohana generational healing to maybe get certified, um, get trained in this? Uh, I would say anyone who's interested in energy work. Uh, so if you've like had experience with Reiki, access bars, that sort of thing, um, you would be the ideal person, but also someone who can hold space for people as they're talking about these deeper issues. If you're an empath, you need to be an empowered empath because you can very easily take on other people's shit and make it your own. So you need someone who's going to have like these clear batteries to go. So I'm just holding space right now. I'm not taking it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And someone who has a vision of wanting to actually help people in a really big way. Wow. That's great. I know we have a lot of em empaths who are tuning in uh, to the marathon and to the podcast. Uh, what are some keys, key distinctions that you teach to set proper boundaries and maintain the, the purity, so to speak, of, of one's own energy, sovereignty of one's own, own energy? So I had a lady say to me just a couple of months ago, and it really resonated with me well. She said, taking on other people's emotions is like picking someone else's dirty underwear off the floor and putting it on as your own. Oh. And I went, ugh. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just makes me go, ugh. Because before, as an empath, I and a long time ago, I would go, oh, you're sad? Well, here, let me take your sadness. I don't mm. want you to feel it. Yeah. They still need to experience it. And that's where their healing comes from is the sadness or the anger or the frustration. And I believe all of us are empaths to some degree or yeah. another where yeah. we're wanting to help people and we can feel what other people are experiencing. But you need to remember what is yours and what is the other person's. And if you're sitting with someone and you're feeling, you know, kind of drained or whatever, then you need to stop yourself and go, what am I 
like, what am I absorbing here? Mm -hmm. And you can have these clear cut boundaries put up for yourself where I will actually say, what am I holding on to that belongs to me? Mm -hmm. What am I holding on to that belongs to someone else? Everything else I release to the sender with love. And it allows me to start to differentiate between what is actually mine. I do find too, that when you're meditating and you're connecting with yourself every day, Mm -hmm. you start to understand this is my bubble. And no one else can really penetrate what this bubble is because you're so actively aware as to what your own bubble is. Wow. So I think it's it's to know our bubble and to say, in my bubble, I am safe, I am pure, I am responsible and, so to speak, in control of my energy. And nobody has power over my bubble and what can come in and what can influence and affect me. And if there's something that I'm holding on to that is someone else's, then I can just give myself permission to let that go, to release it or do whatever kind of processing or healing that we might need to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes like, I know a lot of people are talking now about toxic people and we need Mm -hmm. to let go of these toxic people in our lives. And I think it's kind of become like this general statement that anyone who triggers me is now toxic and I need to get rid of them, you know? And it just, it's so, it's so ridiculous because if someone's triggering you, awesome, you know, let them trigger you and allow yourself to see what part of you still needs this healing that still needs this love that you can say thank you to this toxic person Mm. and allow yourself to heal what that relationship is with them as well. Wow. That's, that's interesting. I I think it's, it's really powerful. Say like a blanket statement that people are making, like, like what you're saying is that anyone who, who triggers us that we have to distance ourselves from them. But a lot of times in my perspective, and it sounds like in yours too, like the distancing comes out of like fear out of uh, more out of manipulation to say, I'm going to, I'm going to forcefully remove this from my environment because I don't like it. And I think that there's some power and, and value in that. But if we're constantly just disconnecting from anyone who rubs us the wrong way versus communicating first and, and attempting to like create harmony again, if there wasn't, um, you know, and I, I think a lot of people give up really, er, really uh, easily and don't like keep working on something or keep like stay in it, st- stick with it. And even if it's uncomfortable, a lot of people don't want to go through that uncomfort to have tough conversations. They just disconnect and make other people wrong and justify their actions. And that doesn't, that doesn't serve anyone. Exactly. Exactly. One thing that I I started about a year ago was I named my ego. So my mm. ego's name is Kevin. Mm. And anytime that I'm triggered, I'll be like, Oh, Kevin showing up, you know, <laughs> and it allows me to differentiate that I don't need to cut out anybody who's triggering me. That mm. it's just, it's Kevin that's showing up in that moment. And maybe Kevin's angry or maybe Kevin's, you know, feeling hurt or disappointed or frustrated or whatever. Mm. But when you can speak to people from this place of going, so my ego, my Kevin mm-hmm. is triggered right now. And this is what my trigger is telling me. You actually open up these really deep conversations with people because you're saying things like, you know, I'm feeling really scared. Mm-hmm. And someone will go, well, I don't understand why you have to feel scared right now. Well, it's not me who's feeling scared. It's my Kevin that's feeling scared. Mm-hmm. And he's feeling scared because of what this experience was X, Y, and Z so many years ago. And it doesn't mean that it's the truth right now. It just means this is what's being triggered. And it doesn't mean that the experience that came up that caused the trigger in the first place needs to disappear. It doesn't mean that the person that caused the trigger in the first place needs to disappear. It's just simply, I need to show up and be loved for myself in this moment because I'm being triggered. Hmm. 
so profound. This is gold, like consciousness secrets, evolution, like let's be powerful creators. I love this, Catherine. Really, really, really great. And I want to tell people how they can stay connected with you. What are the next steps that they can take? And then after that, we'll wrap it up and bring home some final takeaways for our audience. But how can they take, stay connected with you? What can they do next, Catherine? Uh, so I've got two different websites. My website for my own personal business is www.journeyhealers.com. And you can message me through there if you're wanting to book an appointment or look at any of the, of the things that I've created or want to have a one-on-one with me. Uh, and then there's also www.ohanagenerationalhealing.com. Mm-hmm. And that can give you more information on Ohana Generational Healing and let you know about upcoming classes that are coming up. and yeah. That's awesome. And congrats again on the the teacher class that's coming up and being able to, you know, put this information and this teaching and uh, wisdom out in the world so that even more people can be healed. I know this is like just the beginning in the grand scope of things of this reaching, impacting, healing, and raising the consciousness, raising the love of this planet. So I really acknowledge you for what you're doing and what you're out to create. And for everyone who's tuning in right now and you want to dive into this more, you want to be an empowered uh, healer, empath, someone who wants to bring your light to the world and serve people with your gifts, and this is resonating with you, definitely go to ohanagenerationalhealing.com and get in contact with Catherine. And Catherine, let's send it home. Let's let's give them the final takeaways and the gold that you want our audience to imp- implement and integrate in their own lives. I would say just ask. Ask mm. the bigger questions. Is this mine? Is it someone else's? Where in the family has this happened before? The more you start to question what your current reality is, the more can actually be revealed to you. Mm -hmm. And so if you take this moment as being the absolute truth, then you might just be stuck in this moment. But if you start to ask yourself, you know, is this an old story? Is this something that belongs to someone else? Um, What else is trying to emerge from me? These bigger questions, Mm -hmm. then you get to actually start to see the deeper source of who you are and connect with this bigger alignment. Mm, So good. Catherine, you're a powerhouse. I'm excited to be connected with you. It's it's an honor to share this uh, technology, this methodology with our audience and just keep up the great creation. Keep sharing your light, your love with the world. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Chris. You're welcome. Have an amazing day and we'll see you soon, okay? Okay, bye-bye. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. 
share the website, beyourgps.com, and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow, and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever. Thank you.